Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canteon Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. Check us out at BehindTheMask.com. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates. Get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app tonight, as well as right here at Bar Canada in the beautiful D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Scott Strandy joining you live here from the D. My co-host as always, Zach Bondurant, joining us from, I believe, beautiful Chandler, Arizona. And tonight we got my co-host, my normal Sunday night co-host and Tuesday night co-host from Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein, joining us as well. Gentlemen... Zach, to start with you, how are you tonight? Good. Uh, we got the Three Stooges on Monday for uh, for once, so uh, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back for Paul, yeah, because he's going to rip on you for not being here, but uh, we're at the beautiful uh, Las Vegas, uh, the, the D Las Vegas. I'm going to get this right by the time we leave. The D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino right here at Bar Canada Huge night in professional hockey. Paul Hornstein, you had some chance to see some American Hockey League uh, practice today as the uh, Henderson Silver Knights opened up the season. Welcome in. Oh, oh, you're talking to me? I didn't know if you were talking to, to, to Curly or or Larry there, Mo. I wasn't sure which no, one you were talking you're, to. You're Larry. I'm Larry? I'm Curly. I can't be Larry. No, well, I could be. I have I have closer <laughs> to Larry Hare than you do, um, um, but um, yeah, we did get a chance to see the Silver Knights have their first practice ever this afternoon, and that was a fun experience. Uh, you had a chance to, first of all, you know, as I said the other night, it smells like hockey when you walk into the rink, and. You want to sit there and say, outside of the small games skills that they were working on, uh, most of the drills and those kinds of things, I don't think they've changed much over the years. But what you do notice, obviously, uh, even compared to college players, is the speed in which the AHL players are playing at is obviously so much quicker than even uh, the NCAA players at, at the highest level. I mean, you know, we've seen over the years, we've seen Duluth, we've seen Denver, we've seen ASU, we've seen 
just about everybody but North Dakota, at least since ASU's program came into existence. Um, and you could tell the difference in ASU's first year to their, to their current team, uh, but you can also tell the difference between that and the way uh, the, and the speed in which the Silver Knights were practicing at today. And it was a first practice, and they were all enthusiastic, and it was target practice for the goalies, as every practice is, uh, whether you're at the peewee level or the professional level. Uh, I'm surprised the goalie union has not said, you know, enough of this is enough. We, we got to do something about this because uh, we're just we're, – we're not – we're just left hanging out to dry every practice. Got to get them warmed up. <laughs> oh, they're going to get warmed up. That is for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Zach, I can tell you that uh, there will be lots of action for you to shoot when these guys start playing for real, at least in the AHL, because – uh, the Silver Knights, uh, you know, for the first night, the first day on the ice, I thought they looked really good. I mean, Peyton Krebs was, was good. Reed Duke, I thought, stood out today and uh, and was a difference maker. And he's clearly going to be the leader in this team. I'll be shocked if he's not wearing the uh, the C when they get started. But uh, just a lot of fun to be in a building again where, uh, like Paul said, where you can actually smell the hockey, if you will. Um, speaking of smell things, we are right here in the beautiful uh, – D Las Vegas Bar Canada. We're getting ready for a huge matchup tonight. It's going to be uh, Arizona and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in the first of four in a row. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Zach, what are your thoughts on on just seeing uh, these two teams battling out four straight games? Um, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be uh they're going to be very familiar with each other by the end of the the end of the series that's for sure i think the big thing with uh, oliver ekman larson being listed week to week uh, i think that changes up a little bit of the dynamic for the coyotes uh they have chikrin and goligoski listed as their top pairing right now um so i think it'll be good to see how chikrin does uh getting a lot of those those first line minutes um at least first pairing defense minutes so it's really going to come down, I think, to to you know, how much Vegas wants to put the puck in the net. Uh, in all honesty, um, because that that's that's a really tough player to have listed on the injured reserve uh, when you're going up against one of the the best offensive teams in the league right now. Well, listen, this is a chance for some of the other guys on the Coyotes' defense to step up. Okay. Uh, Sometimes when you get a big player injured, it does change the dynamic of, of how you're going to play. But, you know, if you're a professional hockey player or let's face it, you're, you're a player at any level, you never want to get your minutes because somebody gets hurt. But you have to approach it like, okay, this is my chance to show I should have first pair minutes. And first pair defensive pairs and at, at most levels of hockey tend to get six to seven more minutes of ice time per game than anybody else. So if you want it, here's your chance to make your statement that, hey, you know, I'm the man too. Well, that yeah. man that's replacing no, him. Opportunity. Uh, the man that's replacing them is very familiar with one of our partners 
in uh, Behind the Mask owner, Randy Exelby. His nephew, Kyle Capabianco, has been uh, uh, bumped into the uh, the lineup, and uh, Kyle will get some minutes. He has, has had some uh, professional minutes with the Coyotes, spent a lot of time also with the Roadrunners down in Tucson, and uh, it's going to be fun to see Kyle out there as far as Vegas Golden Knights go. Uh, we're going to see a, a kind of a surprising change. Talk around Vegas today, Zach. I, I know you weren't here with us, but uh, talk around Vegas has been that uh, um, the, the replacement or the healthy scratch of Cody Glass and in uh, instead for Mr. Kolasar is kind of interesting. Did you know that was happening? Uh, yeah, when I looked up the the line combinations uh, coming in, it did see Kolasar listed as the fourth line center. Um, that's that's definitely an interesting move. Um, I don't know if he's listed as a healthy scratch. Um, yeah, word word around here is healthy scratch. So, okay, so that I mean, honestly, it could very well be a uh, the coach trying to send a message. Rick, or uh, not talking <laughs> coyote the coyotes um it could be him trying to send a message uh maybe he wants to see a little bit more out of cody and they know he can play at the pro level and maybe this will really set in emotion the the um the notion that he's definitely got to step it up well you also have to because also involved with with those reports is the fact that are they going back and forth for salary cap reasons? Mm. That's something yeah. we won't know. I mean, that's something there's, there's no way for us as outsiders to know that kind of information, but we all have to remember that this year in the NHL, they have the taxi squads. So, you know, if, if a guy is, it, it's not, Difficult at all because there's extra players always around. If you are going to send a message, uh, if you think that somebody's a better matchup, depending on who you're playing, or you want to get somebody, or you want to get somebody some ice time because you think that uh, this is a place to do it, you know those kinds of things can also be factors in lineup decisions this year that have never been factors in lineup decisions before. Yeah, that's a good point too. I mean, it, it, it very well, maybe Colasar matches up better with the fourth line um, for the Coyotes. And um, yeah, I, it's, that's another thing too, is, is if they're doing that with the salary cap, Oh man, that's, that's going to be a really interesting year for the, for the golden Knights going back and forth on, you know, do we bring glass up and then who do we then have to send down? Is it going to be somebody like Nicholas Haig who, uh, or Zach Whitecloud or like an Alec Martinez, uh, just trying to finagle that salary cap. That's going to be a real long year for them trying to, trying to see what, what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going with the, the, the conspiracy theory that this is a, uh, heavy duty hitting match i think vegas is going to set the tone tonight uh and see how the coyotes respond to some very physical play we all know what the vegas golden knights like to do with that fourth line uh colasar is big a heavy hit heavy body uh we also know ryan reeves a heavy body and i believe they have no sick on that line or who's on the uh fourth line anybody seen that combination i, I don't remember but uh those are yeah. the two that i'm thinking about those are your yeah. uh 
as we as we called it in old time hockey, the meat tenderizers, where they're going to go out there and rack some bodies, and the Coyotes are going to be uh, they're going to have to respond because uh, I think Vegas saw what happened on the hit with uh, Evander Kane on Oliver Ekman Larson, and you know maybe there's a little bit of uh, you know keep my head up and make sure I don't take uh, a hit like that, or or it could also stem back to when uh, the uh, the hit from Ryan Reeves in the preliminary game uh, prior to the playoffs last year that knocked out um, uh, who am I thinking about for the Coyotes? You guys know both of you know who it is, and I can't think of the name. Anyway, he uh, well listen is is it possible? Yeah, I I, I also think that. You said there could be any number of reasons, and you know, coaches will never tell you those kinds of reasons. Um, but it, it wouldn't be the first time that a team decided to play a quote unquote heavy lineup in terms of who their opponent was going to be. So, I mean, that's possible too. Um, I know that, and I bring things back to the team that I know best in the NHL, the Islanders. Uh, it's not a coincidence that Barry Trotz opens up every game, every period, and after every goal against, brings out their fourth line of, of Martin, Sezikis, and Clutterbuck to try to change momentum or start momentum. So it's not exactly uh, the first time that that's happened and it won't be the last in terms of of what a coach does with their lineups. Yeah, that's a great yeah, point. And I mean, um, go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, when, you, when you're when you looking at the fourth line, um, you have Carrier, Colasar, and Reeves. Um, they're going to be going. They're matched up against Lawson Krause, who's a really big body. Um, I think that's going to play a little bit into it. Um, and then Johan Larson, which he's listed at 5'11", so not the biggest of, of bodies there. Um, and then Christian Fisher is listed at 6'2". So you got two fairly large wingers that you're going to be going up against. Lawson Kraus is listed at 6'4", 220. Um, so, yeah, I think that fourth-line matchup is going to be interesting. Um and you know maybe it's maybe it is definitely a a reason to set the tone. I know uh, in a quote Rick Tockett had he wants the Coyotes to show some swagger in this series. So you know maybe that was a little bulletin board material, and Vegas isn't Vegas isn't going to allow them <laughs> to even get that kind of swagger. Yeah, absolutely. We quickly looked down the standings of the Honda West Division standings. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights on top. Actually tied with Minnesota with four points and two games played, two wins, no losses, no overtimes, and uh, or no overtime. Uh, I guess the Golden Knights did play in overtime, but they won it in like seven seconds the other night. Uh, Zach, you missed that. Yeah, uh, we we were at. I think you blinked. You missed it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good. One. And then of course the uh, Arizona Coyotes with three points, and Colorado Avalanche with two, uh, St. Louis with two, San, San Jose with two. Kings with two and Anaheim with one. So uh, as you would expect early in the season, it's all bunched up like this. But I think the, the big key uh, this season, Zach, is getting out to a fast start. And we already know the Golden Knights are uh, are uh, 
2-0. So uh, you rack up a few more wins here, and that's the way you want to start, right? Yeah, I mean, conceivably, even if they go 500 in the series, uh, that still puts them at 6-2. and two. Um, So, that I mean, that's a, that's a pretty darn good start. Do I think they're going to go – you know, two and two. No, I think, I think it's more likely they go three and one. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good start. Um, and I mean, right on your heels is Minnesota. I don't necessarily know who they're matched up against in the next few days. It looks like they've got the ducks, uh, for two games in a row in Anaheim or technically, I guess it's Irvine cause they're not playing in Anaheim. Um, and then they go up to San Jose and then LA. So they're making their California swing. Um, so yeah, I mean, you definitely got, uh, you got the wild nipping at your heels and that's not a team. I think you can really, uh, you know, really lay down on They're a team that I think could surprise a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, fast start is going to be a big key to this because it's a much shortened season, 56 games. Um, so yeah, you, you want to get your boys rolling quick early and just get up to a lead as, as high as you possibly can. Well, let me play devil's advocate here, not New Jersey devils, not ASU sun devils, but just devil's advocate here and, and look at the other side of the coin. If you are the coyotes, this is a chance for you to establish yourself. This is a chance for you yes. to say, Hey, uh, you want to overlook us, fine, but you're going to pay for that. And I think if the Coyotes get two out of these four games, they would take that in a heartbeat. Um, if they That's somehow manage split, to yeah. get, if they somehow manage to get five points out of this somehow, some way, because let's not forget uh, the one place on these rosters where everybody is even is in the net. It doesn't matter which goalie you put out there for the Coyotes, they can shut you down and they can steal a game. I mean, we talk about the, the, the Golden Knights and their goaltending, and they have two uh, interchangeable goalies, uh, regardless of, of what the roster might say. Because if you're the Golden Knights, does it really matter if you play Robin Leonard or Marc-Andre Fleury? Same way, if you're the Coyotes, does it matter? If you play Annie Ranta or you play Darcy Kemper, both of the, all four of those guys would be number ones on other teams. So, yeah, stealing yeah, no, wins—that's that's absolutely the, true. So, so you always have to take that into consideration when you're when 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 you're getting out there on the ice. So, uh, this could really be a good kickstart to the Coyotes' season. If they can get two wins out of these four games and even possibly five points, uh, will, will, will they have to shut down the Golden Knights? Yeah, because you're not going to win a shootout. Coyotes don't have the skill up front that the Golden Knights have, but you have the goaltending that can steal you games. And this is a big four games for the Coyotes too because – uh, this will give them a chance to say, hey, we're not going away and you want to play us and you want to and you want to look past us a little harder to do in a four game series, but we're going to make you pay for that.
Yeah, I totally agree with you, Paul. Uh, when when we look at the goaltenders, though, everybody said who's the number one in Vegas, and I, I think the consensus was it was Robin Leonard, but um, Mark Andre Fleury was stellar <laughs> the other night. He's he's got a record of one oh and oh, obviously, and the goals against a one point oh one and nine fifty five save percentage. He he was spectacular. I thought maybe the Golden Knights the other night against uh, Anaheim were not at their sharpest. They hung around. They got a late goal from William Carlson. Then they went to overtime, and it quickly turned into a two-on-one with uh, two guys you don't uh, want to see if you're if you're the opponent of the Golden Knights. And in, uh, in, uh, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty coming on you two-on-one, and Stone played it perfectly. He flipped it over on a nice saucer pass, and, and Max finished it off, and, and they, uh, the Golden Knights walked away with a, uh, another victory. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think when things get going, and we talked about this, Zach, earlier, about that the NHL has tried to force feed uh, a rivalry between the Coyotes and the Golden Knights based on proximity and things like that, um, being the desert teams, if you will. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know if, if, if that's going to turn into one. I guess we'll find out after these four games, right? Yeah, I mean – it's definitely going to to show, you know, whether or not, you know, unfortunately they're going to be in two different uh, divisions or conferences um, next year uh, with Seattle coming in. But I think it's a really good opportunity to capitalize on the proximity with them just being, you know, a couple hours away. Um, I mean, the other thing to, to keep in mind too with this, you know, kind of key on what Paul said um when the Coyotes played Vegas early on in the season, it was their fourth game. Arizona won four to one, so uh, it's definitely a possibility to to come in and, and, and you know, make a statement very early on, as they did last year. Um, so yeah, that proximity I think is is definitely going to you know maybe help some TV ratings for this for this season. Um, and I think you've alluded to it, you know, maybe the the Golden Knights fans try and uh, swing down to Arizona and, and get some of those tickets to see their guys play live. Um, so, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be kind of a playoff brand of hockey. They've got four games against each other. Let's see who can win the most out of the four. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a really good, good brand of hockey out of both organizations. Well, see, and, and you hit it right on the head there, Zach the playoff-like feel. This is almost playoff likes when you play a team four times in a row, which does not happen in the regular season. And uh, we can talk about that in a little bit, Scott, uh, based on uh, a story by uh, Pierre Lebrun uh, on The Athletic today, which is uh, uh, which, which has to do with the schedule. Um, in most circumstances – you do not become a rivalry, at least in hockey, until you play somebody in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, because if you ask Golden Knights fans right now which team they hate the most, there's only going to be one answer. And it's not going to be the Arizona Coyotes. As much as the league might try to, quote, unquote, force that, it's not going to be the Arizona The answer is not going to be the Coyotes. There's only one answer to that question. And it's a little bit west of Vegas and a little bit north of Vegas. And we're not talking about the Kings or the Ducks either. Okay? So I guarantee it, as in somebody who's 3,000 miles away, 
you ask any Golden Knights fan, and there's a bunch of people sitting here right now wearing shirts that say Golden Knights on them, what team do they hate the most? And that's going to be the San Jose Sharks. Why? Because not only have they played each other a lot during the regular season, they've had playoff matchups. And on top of having playoff matchups, they've had controversial playoff matchups, tight playoff matchups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, the Islanders and the Rangers were a rivalry because geographically they were 30 miles apart. But it didn't become a rivalry until the Islanders beat them in the first round of their first ever playoff series in 1975. Because until that point, it's all one, it was all one-sided. And that's when you become a rivalry, especially in the NHL. Wow, he just gave us a history lesson. He gave us a geography lesson. Paul's been working down here, Zach, I'm telling you. He got here Friday. He's been, uh, we kept him off of Fremont Street for a little bit. And uh, made sure that he was uh, he was fit to go. We let him go over to Circus Stadium swim, and that might have been my mistake because he found the ninety degree ninety eight degree water to his liking. It was ninety. <laughs> and and then we went over on a Saturday night. We didn't go in the pool Saturday night though, but they did uh, bump us into a cabana, which was really nice because we had our private private stuff. We were supposed to be doing work, and it just turned into uh, maybe we sit around and have a couple of beers. Speaking of beers, this is Bar Canada where we're at right here in the uh, the D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Paul and I have found our way to the uh, the Bar Canada and got ourselves a uh, Molson Canadian to uh, to suck on while we talk tonight. But let's take a quick break. Let's come back and uh, and really dive into this matchup tonight because as this place starts to fill up, they're uh, definitely. Golden Knights fans, and I know Coyotes fans want to hear that their team has got a chance too. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Good, because I need a refill. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24 7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross sport parlays, in game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, and head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old. 
to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Look at it. Look at it. Who's old now? to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly every Monday night. In the prime time, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Scott Strandy with you, uh, live from the Bar of Canada in the, inside the uh, D Hotel, D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Oh, Derek's going to come over and just kick me in the head one day. Uh, and Zach Pondurant joining us from uh, you won't from need the body Chandler, Arizona. And that voice you heard was the one and only Paul Hornstein, who is sitting about two feet away from me. Uh, Trying to keep me in line, and uh, I, I don't think it's working. You know, we're just doing the best that we can here. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun. We thank the D for coming in. We also want to thank Jesse Ray's Barbecue. You just heard their spot. Uh, tonight is the second of four nights where they actually gave us uh, some pregame meals. I don't know how Mike's doing this, but he's trying to fatten us up or something. But tonight it was sandwiches, right? Uh, Paul had a brisket. Terry had a brisket. Oh. I yeah, I got to get that in the next day. Uh, so it's, it was terrific. Last night we had the fortress. Zach, I'm telling you, your mouth should be watering right now because you are missing out on some really good food. <laughs> That's why I think you guys wanted me wanted uh, to get me up there. You want to fatten me up. Well, listen, there's nobody better at that than me, so don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, um, okay, guys, here's the thing. We're just a couple right, of minutes on, away from face-off. Okay, hold, hold on. on. Before we get to that, um, today's a big anniversary in the National Hockey League, and I know we're here to talk about the cold, the Golden Knights and the Coyotes matchup and the four games in a row, um, but there's no way we can do this show tonight and not talk about uh, how tonight, on this day back in 1957, Willie O'Ree became the first uh, black, Amer black player in the National Hockey League. I mean, it, it, there's just... He, he made his debut against the Montreal Canadiens. They didn't score, but he got out there on the ice. And for those that don't know, he was legally blind in one eye. Never told the Bruins because they know that he knew he was never <laughs> going to be able to play. Well, he'll tell you that himself. I mean, if you've, if you've watched the documentaries or seen any of any interviews with him, he, he knew he couldn't say anything. So he was playing with one eye. That's an animal um, right there. <laughs> Dude, that is absolute that animal. Right there. <laughs> okay, and and um, 
you know, he's basically the Jackie Robinson of the National Hockey League. And, you know, he did he score in uh, that first game? No. Did he score in that second game? No. But he did score four goals in the National Hockey League. And I'll tell you right now that you ask any kid growing up whose goal is to make it to the National Hockey League, which is anybody that puts on his pair of skates, if they would take a career where they scored four goals in the National Hockey League, and they would absolutely tell you, where do I sign right now? Yep. And he has continued to be an ambassador for the game of hockey, and hockey has had some definite issues uh, that have come to light in the last couple of years. That dude is 85 years old, and he is going like he's 45. And um, they're going to retire his number in Boston. All the teams are wearing patches on their helmets tonight to honor his debut in the National Hockey League. And to, to, to do a show about professional hockey and not talk about that, while I understand it's it's quote-unquote history, and some people are like, why do we have to talk about history and old stuff like you old people? No, this is, this is above and beyond that, okay? This has to be mentioned, and we would not be doing justice to this game and to this sport uh, if we did not recognize the fact that Willie O'Ree made his debut I don't want to do the math because math is hard. But in 1957, so that's what, uh, 50, about 53 years ago now? So 50, 58, I'm sorry. So that's 52 oh, years. All doing math on the air, folks. Yeah. yeah um, you said it was 1958? 1958. January 18th, 1958. They were playing at the Montreal years. Forum. 63 years? Let's get yeah. Uh, but either way, um, <laughs> there's, 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 uh, I, there was no way to do this show tonight and not spend a few minutes on that. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's Unfortunately, we are not at the point in the game of hockey where you can see that and not notice and say to yourself, whoa. And that's where the game needs to get to. Um and uh, Willie O'Ree, like I said, he's an ambassador for the game, and he's been he worked in he did say he played in San Diego too. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it's just you know it has to be talked about. Uh, I know we're we're here to talk about stuff that hasn't happened yet, or whatever you guys do here on Monday nights. Um, <laughs> whatever we do here on Monday nights. <laughs> yeah, well, I listen to you guys talk enough. I listen for the guests. You know, you, like you guys have Steve Potvin on all the time. I listen to him. Uh, you know, I like I said, I talk to Scott enough. I talk to you enough, Zach. I don't really want to. I don't really care what you guys have to say. Um, but we have to, had to mention Willie O'Ree uh, because. He's an icon, uh, maybe not here in the States, but he is an icon in the game of hockey. And honestly, it's it's long overdue that the Bruins retired his number. And it's not because of what he did in terms of the score sheet. 
but what he's done for the game and what he's done for the history of the game since 1958. I think he laid it out for us very, very well, folks, and he is 100% correct. We do need to bring that up. We did bring it up. The helmet stickers are on. Uh, we're very close to face-off. Zach, I want you to give us a, a quick rundown of uh, your thoughts, again, on this matchup and what you think is going to happen in four games. How, how is the blood going to be between both teams, Zach, uh, by the end of the fourth game? Um, I mean, it's going to be past the boiling point, that's for sure. You can't play a team competitively four times in a row in a, a highly contact contested sport like hockey and at least by the second night or uh, third night at the very least to be fed up with seeing the same faces and hearing the same voices trash talking you and saying garbage in the in the corners of the uh in the ring so you know i i think the blood's gonna be past the boiling point um i think definitely keys to the game is for the coyotes stay out of the penalty box golden knights are 100 percent on the penalty kill um but the Coyotes are 10th in the league in the power play with a 2.86 percentage. So uh, just stay out of the penalty box, I think, is the best bet. Um, so it's, it's, it's long, but it's going to be tough if they let that boiling point get to them. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a great series, and, and you're going to see a lot of intense, intense moments during these four games. Okay, I'm going to go one step further with that, Zach. I'm going to say this is going to be a battle of goaltenders uh, on both sides. I think the, the one that's able to uh, command the net, command the control of the rebounds, to, uh, to, to be the stand-up guy on the, uh, the power play and you know, while they're on the penalty kill, the, the guys that stand up in net I think are going to be the difference makers for, for all four nights. I do think it's going to be physical. I think Vegas is going to come out right now and, and uh, let the Coyotes know that, that they're going to play a physical style of game. Um, and other than that, I, I, the Coyotes, to hang with Golden Knights tonight, I think what they're going to have to do is uh, try to capitalize on all of their opportunities, or as many as they can, because if they don't capitalize on opportunities, there might not be enough to, uh, to win a hockey game like this or a four-game series, if you will, four in a row. Well, to, to paraphrase a politician who once said, trust but verify, uh, if you're the Coyotes, you have to play physical but disciplined. You have to hit them, you have to hit the Golden Knights, and you have to do it without sending yourself to the box. So when, when you say physical, absolutely, because it has to be. Because you have to figure out a way to slow guys down. And guys don't like to be hit. I don't care who you are. If you're a hockey player and you're a skilled guy and you're one of those guys up front and you're one of those offensive-minded players, those guys don't like to be hit. I, don't, I mean, I don't care – how tough you are. Those guys don't want to be hit. They want to be able to show off what they do. And in order for the Coyotes to have success, they have to be physical and stay out of the box. So hence, physical but disciplined. 
Okay, so let me bring that all full circle as the game gets ready to uh, to face off here in just a, a couple of minutes. Um, Zach, I, I brought uh, Paul around Vegas, showed him uh, the uh, Henderson Silver Knights facility today, showed him the Golden Knights facility today. And one of the things I think we're, we're most depressed about is right now we're seeing a very empty uh, T-Mobile arena. And I know uh, as a hockey fan yourself, and certainly for, for shooting pictures, it's nice to have a vibrant, full arena. Um, how much do you think that's going to play in? It hasn't so far for the Golden Knights, but how much do you think that's going to play in uh, playing without fans? I mean, I don't necessarily know for for anybody in the league who's playing without fans uh, if it's going to be that much of a shock. I think the biggest shock to – I think the biggest shock is going to come to those teams – that weren't in the bubble last last playoffs, and this is their first time playing without fans in the arena. So, because the Coyotes and the Golden Knights made it into, um, they were in the first round. Golden Knights obviously went on to play Dallas in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Um, the Coyotes played Colorado, and they played in the play-in series. So, they're going to be, I think, kind of used to it. Um, I'm, sh- I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure every single player wants to see the stadium filled to the capacity. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I really don't think it's going to be too much of a distraction for them um, not having fans there again. However, with that being said, there was a lot of talk of, um, you know, you know, it, it, it just didn't feel right not having the fans there. And, I mean, I'm not there. I, I, I'm – I'm not in an empty arena, but I can only imagine not having anybody there is, is a little bit of distraction. But, uh, I mean, their professionals are going to be able to figure out how to play through it and, uh, you know, just, just keep going, keeping your feet moving. Once you get focused into the game, I think they'll forget that, uh, that the fans aren't there minus, you know, the noise. Uh, by the way, I want to give a shout-out to somebody who's here at this bar tonight. I don't know who he is or anything, but he's got a Golden Knights jersey on, which is fine, which is excellent. They look good, especially the non-gold ones. But uh, uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have a player's name on the back of his jersey. He's got something. He's got the phrase "Casino Casino Hulk" his jersey. You got another guy over here with the with a with a jersey that has something else other than the player's name on the back of the jersey. And he's wearing a number 85 with uh, the word G in, with about 95 E's on the end. And I am so about that. Don't the, Those guys are not going around wearing the jersey with your name on the back. Come up with your own. If you're going to – I am so not – into this putting players' names on the back of a jersey I might buy. Put a number, put your own name on the back for crying out loud. Put something else on the back that's not seen. Well, but good for those guys. I, I hear I hear Paul's comments, but apparently he wasn't watching today because when we strolled through Lifeguard Arena in Henderson, I saw four uh, uh, Henderson Silver Knights jerseys that had a horn scheme on the back. So uh, I, I was shocked at that myself, but... I don't know if he bought them and then had to put on other people, but uh, yeah, walking right through the arena, four horns. Wait, so, wait, somebody owes me royalty money then. Let's go. <laughs> somebody owes me money. 
<laughs> to the Players Association. Uh, see what you're missing out here? I mean, things are starting to pick up right now as we get ready for opening face-off. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes and the Vegas Golden Knights, the first of four. Uh, we're here live at Bar Canada. Zach is back in the, the beautiful, friendly confines of Arizona where it's probably, what, 75 degrees and comfortable right now? Uh, yeah, give or take. Whatever. I mean, it's your butt up here. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so so we talked about this particular game. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it as the game gets started here, too, as we got another 15 minutes or so to go. But what have you seen out of, quote, unquote, your Colorado Avalanche, Zach? Um, well, they're definitely very blue this year. Uh, if you haven't seen the uniforms, <laughs> it's definitely a sight to see. Um, I mean, what is it? What? Let me let me get back. Is it one and they're one and one? Um, you know, it's it's kind of the typical start. Yeah, you know, the, the big thing is losing uh, Devin Taves um, from the hit in the first game. Um, the one thing I really want to know, though. Um, is why St. Louis was tweeting out just the name Devin Taves. I am so curious about that because that was definitely a suspendable offense, and I'm glad that he got suspended for it, not even just because of me being a fan for the Avalanche, but to the fact that that was clearly – he put his shoulder in his, in his noggin. I was just going to say, so, Zach, for those that maybe haven't seen that – uh, if you're listening to us here in Vegas or in Arizona and you did not see that, explain if you can what happened in the situation and what the end result was. Yeah, so so Devin Taves went into the corner. Um, I'm trying to think of the Blues player's name right now. He's, you know, see, so inf- he's so forgettable. Can't even remember him. Um, but anyway, said Blues players comes into the in behind the net, uh, makes contact with Taves' head. He did have his head down, um, which you know, and and I'm definitely a person that's you know I, I try to be unpartial in all things. So having Taves' head down, that's one definitely no doubt behind the net. Um, but St. Louis Blues player does come in, uh, makes contact with his head. Taves goes off. Um, and I don't believe he returned that game. Um, St. Louis goes on to win, I think, 4-1 if I have my I have my brain working correctly. It is Monday here. Um, but, I, I mean, it definitely – Hold on. You know, oh, stop right there. It's Monday here? <laughs> it is. It's, it's Monday here. Austra- <laughs> what are we in, Australia? Yeah, well, you know, you know how Vegas goes. You're in Vegas for any more than five hours, you lose track of time. Uh, so we can we can we can, we can talk about that in another show. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. How the, I don't know how the people that work here, uh, especially if they work in some of the outside bars, uh, where they have it set up where the it always feels like it's daytime. I don't know how those sleep cycles aren't screwed up, but you know that's just me. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I mean the the player that was suspended, Sammy Blyas, Blay Blay Blyas, B L A I S, Blyas, yeah. So he got suspended two games for an illegal hit to the head. Um, you know, and I mean the biggest thing is, did he do it on purpose? You know, the game's moving so fast. 
Probably not, you know, but it is it is definitely something where, you know, there needs to be some repercussions for it because they did lose their top pairing defenseman uh, for the rest of the game. And then on top of that, Colorado comes back and puts up what they put up, eight on, on St. Louis. So, I mean, that's just – I think that kind of goes to show the kind of impact that can have when you lose a top defenseman. You got to rely on your other – you know, five guys to come in and, and really, you know, put it out there and, and play a bunch of minutes for somebody who you may not be expecting to play a lot of minutes. So, um, you know, he'll serve a suspension, you know, move on and, you know, maybe we'll see, we'll see if it comes back around and Taves gets a little payback when, uh, when Blyas is back on the ice. So, uh, we'll see. It's just the type of thing that's going to happen during during the shortened season when you're playing the same seven six teams in a, in the in your division. Is you're going to have a lot a lot of of frustration and build up and payback. Yeah, absolutely. And as we uh, finish the national anthem here with our uh, good friend Golden Pipes, uh, uh, it, the the beauty of the T-Mobile Arena is when they get to the night part. Uh, they normally have the fans screaming it. And I know Carnell was saying it was difficult for him uh, the last two games to get used to singing night because he usually lets the fans do it, right? Well, tonight as he's singing it, uh, clearly the both Vegas Golden Knights players were involved, including uh, Ryan Reeves, who was screaming a night as uh, that part of it. So just a little sidebar as we get ready for the faceoff. Darcy Kemper net, Robin Leonard in net. Uh, we're about ready to go. Uh, we're still oh, Zach, here for a few more minutes. Zach, go ahead. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Not that there'll be high picks, but how many first-round picks would you as an avalanche uh, geek give for one of the uh, go, uh, the Coyotes goaltenders? None. None? No. Really? I would not. None? Nope. Nope. No? I don't. No, I don't trust Kemper to play fifty. Well, what about Ronda? Nope, I don't. I I would be more comfortable with Franzos, uh being backup. Uh, Grubauer, I think. No, I'm not saying next season. I wouldn't have a different answer because you know it's possible that Kemper does go out and prove me wrong. Um, but in this circumstance, I definitely I, I'm more comfortable having Grubauer. And Francois, I think, as a backup last year, did a phenomenal job. So, are you going to tell me that in May, when it's time to go to the playoffs, and you're playing against teams like uh, that, you're playing against Bennington that's won a cup. You're playing against Leonard and and and, and Flurry, who clearly are would would rank ahead of the Avalanche goaltenders. You're telling me that that's that one of those guys is not worth a couple of first round picks. Um. Yeah, I I think <laughs> I, I honestly you. he is baiting I, you, my I, friend. I mean, that's the thing, though. In May, a lot can happen. I mean, you're you're the guy who who hates doing the predictions when it comes to playoff. Time. I do. So I mean, yeah, oh, no, I yeah, get that. But I'm asking I'm asking a very simple question. You're the general manager geek of your collar. You're Joe Sackick for the night. And you're in charge of the roster for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, a, I wouldn't. A team I wouldn't that know. is a favorite to win a Stanley Cup. 
Uh, for sure. But I, I wouldn't pick, I wouldn't trade valuable picks to, I think you can get a backup goalie or a number one goalie off of, uh, off of another franchise that I think I have a little bit more trust and faith in and has a little bit more of a proven track record, uh, who may have to move somebody due to, you know, you got, you got goaltenders coming up and making an impact all the time. Um, I mean, in all honesty, I, I trade, I would trade this year's first, uh, next year's first, and maybe even, a a second after that to get Demko, I would absolutely do that. Young, he really proved himself in the playoffs last year. Um, I, I would do that one because I think you. Yeah, but you're not getting him. That's that, that. No, for sure. That's Vancouver's saying, not trading him. The, the, they're not. They're not dealing with salary cap issues like the Coyotes are. Yeah, that's All true. Right, but on. I mean, I I also think you're going to have somebody like uh, like Washington. Um, try and pick up one of those goalies way before anybody, you know, gets into you know March. When let it comes let me time to, to let me play deadline. mediator in this one because I can see both sides here, and I just got four words for you guys: Minnesota Duluth, Hunter Miska. And yeah, that's another wow, reason too. It got quiet in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing is I I've never seen Miska play, but he was fifth in the AHL last year in goals against average, which I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good stat to hold, especially when you have in the uh, AHL it is absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially because you had somebody uh, playing for the wolf pack. Um, oh, Shesterkin. Yeah. Okay. So, right. so let so me give you a Yeah. Yeah. Holding the number two. I'll give you so, the. Uh, I mean, if you're in the breath with that guy, I, I think I'm, I want to see how he does. Okay, I'll, I gave you four words. Now I'm going to give you four letters that describe Hunter Miska. S T U D. Enough said. Um, I will give you another word that, or some other words to describe. Not playoff proven. Or yeah, NHL proven. And if you're a favorite to win a Stanley Cup, you might not agree with it, but no general manager is going to say, ah, the heck with it. I'm going to make a trade. If the guy's in your organization already, like say Matt Murray was with the Penguins. I was going to say, yeah. That's a different Matt story. Murray, but you're not, Matt Murray but you're didn't not, have that experience when he took Yes, but you're not trading for that guy. He was in their organization. You're not trading oh. for that guy. Yeah, 100%. I think that's where where uh, Scott's coming from, is you have Miska in that yeah. organization, so you don't have to move anybody. Now, do I think he could be a Matt Murray? It's highly possible. You you have said when it when somebody gets hot as a goalie, you, you might as well forget about it. Okay, so play is underway. The Arizona Coyotes, uh, I would say for the first, what, five minutes almost, have looked very, very solid. Uh playing a lot in the Vegas end. They're bottling up Vegas at uh, center ice and not giving the Golden Knights a whole lot of anything at this point. But again, Robin Leonard's in net. He's made some really good saves to start off this contest, and uh, it's a game of attrition right now. You're going to have to see who holds on the longest. Well, Zach, you know now that Scott said something, that the, 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 the Golden Knights are probably going to get a breakaway or some sort of odd man <laughs> rush just because Scott said something. 
As long as the Coyotes stay out of the penalty box, I think I re, I think they've got a good chance. I may be hard on the Coyotes, and it's because they're in my backyard. So you know, you know, you, you see things more. Yeah, what's hardest than your family, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I may be hard on them, but the fact of the matter is, I think this is a young team who's got some size to it, and if they stay out of the penalty box and Kemper plays to the plays to the ability that he was playing last year before he got hurt um i i I very easily think you could you could see them either take the series or split it with vegas okay i'm not quite that bold as you know i'm the guy that does the uh, the vegas golden knights coverage for us so um i I like what i'm seeing out of the golden knights and their start uh, so far they're they're getting used to each other it's a it's a little bit of a new roster in, in some respects and Guys playing different roles, especially with Captain Mark Stone and and uh, Petrangelo now starting to fit in and logging the most minutes of any defenseman. So there's there's a lot to be said for the Golden Knights. I, I end this show talking AHL hockey because Paul and I were out there today. There's a good chance we may be out tomorrow as well to see the uh, Henderson Silver Knights. And of course, the Tucson Roadrunners now have ice in Tucson. So they're ready to go, and of course the Colorado Eagles as well. So, Zach, your thoughts on our three teams in the AHL? What do you think, uh, or how do you think they're going to perform this season? Um, I mean, when you look at Henderson's roster, they've got a lot of talent. Um, I mean, the first two that jump off the page is Dugan and Krebs. Um, those two, I'm most excited to see those two, to be honest. Um, Colorado, I think, has a lot of their of of their players either playing in the NHL or they haven't signed them to contracts and they're still playing in college. Um, I think Colorado's they're they're probably going to have a good season because um, they they have a lot of talent on that roster. Tucson, I think, is going to be that uh, I guess quote unquote veteran style roster. Um, a lot of the players have kind of been around for a little bit. Uh, we saw some of them possibly uh, looking to make a jump into the NHL. Uh, a, I think it was Brooks may have made the taxi squad, so that was the leading scorer. Uh, that's that's you know off of Tucson now, which now leaves it open for somebody else to kind of put their name on that on that title, leading scorer for the team. Um, so I mean, the cool thing is you're going to see all three of them play each other because they are in the same division. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think in all honesty, uh, the Sharks may have a really good, a really good team this year they've got a lot of young talent that's going to be making their way up there, um, into the NHL one day and that's in the same division. So, um, look for them, look for Ontario also to make a, a big impact with the, the Kings youth that they have. So, uh, I, I think, I think the three AHL teams are going to have a, a lot of competition on their hands uh, because a lot of the the teams that are in their division were uh, have have had a lot of high draft picks over the past few years, and so they're developing them in the minor leagues. And uh, you know, we'll see. I think I think it's going to be a really good season. I'm really excited for them to get rolling too. Well, as you being somebody who follows the Avalanche because that's your team. Um, you know they're kind of in a different situation than 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 some of the other 
than the other two teams. First of all, if you're the, the, the a, a player in the Colorado Eagles, you know the Avalanche team itself is just so young. Yeah, you're almost playing to show other organizations that hey, you can play. Uh, if you're the somebody in the Golden Knights organization, uh, they have the luxury of keeping some of their younger top guys down to Henderson because they have a much more veteran team. And if you're in the Coyote situation, that's a rebuilding situation. So you have really three distinct different types of situations in terms of the AHL development for these three teams. Totally true. Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at the overall perspective of it, yeah, you've got the young, young, highly skilled, highly talented team who's in the perfect position that every organization wants to be in with Colorado. Um, excellent forwards, excellent defensemen, uh, tons of cap room. And then Coyotes are looking to retool, rebuild, um, get some more youth and depth in there. And then Vegas, who is, you know, gone all in uh, tight on the cap and looking to win a cup this year right now. So, yeah, absolutely. Totally different uh, circumstances across the board on all three teams. Okay, let's take one more quick break and we're going to come back and wrap things up and uh, let everybody know what the uh, rest of the schedule is here from the beautiful Bar Canada at the D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Players are always messing with their equipment, and players are constantly having to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season, that doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories that you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, we're back at beautiful Bar Canada, right here on the second floor of the uh, D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Um, Scott Strandy, Paul Hornstein, both here live. Zach Bondurant joining us from Chandler, Arizona. As we wrap up the show, guys, uh, we're still scoreless, but it looks like we got a penalty being called uh, right now in the Vegas uh, uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, player going to the box on a vicious slash. And uh, now we're going to see what happens with uh, the Vegas power play. But as we wrap things up, just to let you know what's going on here, uh, we'll be here again tomorrow night. Paul and I will be doing College Hockey Southwest Weekly from here. We have a great guest. We've got a local guy. UNLV uh, assistant coach Nick Raboni will be joining us. Uh, have we confirmed that? We have confirmed that. He will okay. be joining us. Uh, also, well, Wednesday night, 
we've got Darren Banks, the uh, the casino host, the Mr. Everything here at the D, and former NHLer is going to be joining us as well Wednesday night with Stephen Marsh and I and Club Hockey Southwest Weekly as we continue Vegas week right here. Guys, uh, pass it around for some fin- from final comments. Paul, you first. Now, listen, I'm just glad that the NHL is back. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's almost like a playoff serious a, a playoff run right off the top because everybody is playing four-point games as the Coyotes score a shorthanded goal. And, you know, so every game is a four-point game. And then you're playing the first two rounds of the playoffs against teams in your own division. And man, oh man, uh, I don't know what will happen next year, but I would not be against the continuation of that kind of play. It'll never happen, but I'm all for it. Uh, I know that they are clearly are considering it based on Pierre Lebrun's article in The Athletic today saying that, uh, not only does it save money in terms of travel costs in the NHL, but now you're talking about two and three game series to build up the intensity of the regular season games just because the players will get sick and tired of seeing each other as they do in a playoff series. So, um, you know, I, I, I say all the time, people ask me, all the time what my favorite sport is, especially when, you know, you meet new people. And I tell them, listen, I have two sides to my brain. I have the, ro- the romantic and intellectual side that's a baseball guy. And I have that quote-unquote caveman side of me that loves the physicalness and the toughness of the game of hockey. And and that's what I, I you know, I – I, why I love this game and uh, bring on this original six type schedule. I, like I said, I know they won't go back to it next year uh, based on the fact that they're, they're moving guys around and Seattle comes into the league and they're going to go back to playing all the teams. But if, if you're going to play, uh, say, and I'll use the, uh, two teams that we follow, Zach, as uh, as an example. If you're going to play the Islanders and the Avalanche in a two- or three-game series, based depending on how you want to break down the schedule, I, I'd rather see them play two or three games in a row, say the Islanders play at Colorado one year, the two or three games, and then when the, Av- then the next year the Avalanche Island and play the Islanders at their new arena, uh, whatever the number is, two or three games in a series rather than play one game and go on because there's nothing like playoff hockey. And if you can get it simulated somewhat in the regular season, then you're just bringing up your game on steroids. All right, Zach, it's it's on you to wrap it up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, to kind of talk to more, I guess, to what Paul's saying, it would be interesting to see what they do. I think, 
yeah, and I, I'm with him. I don't think they would actually do it just simply for the fact because they are so keyed on getting every single team in every single building at least once every year. Um, and I think with after the after the shenanigans that's gone on, they're going to want to definitely you know get as many fans as they can into the arena. So um, it would be interesting to see if if they try and do a uh, a different schedule and you start to uh you know you do those those road games or you you do two in a row or three in a row however many it is but um yeah i mean i'm with ball too i'm just i'm just glad hockey's back um it's it's shown that the nhl their resiliency and uh they absolutely have a way to make it work and the fact that um they're doing it in individual buildings i think is key so uh, we'll we'll see, and I think next step is just getting people in the stands because I I I just think it it has to happen. So um, we'll see what happens, but yeah, as long as they're playing, I think that's a that's a good sign. Okay, before we let you go tonight, folks, uh, because we are at the D and they are our presenting partner of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, I have got about ten different uh, items to give away. I've got. Three stacks of uh, special D note paper. I've got one, two, three, four uh, special authentic casino playing cards from the D. I've got uh, a couple of uh, sets of uh, monogram dice from the D, and I think I've got uh, about four or five T-shirts. So if you are listening and you would like any of those, what I'd like you to do is go to our uh, Twitter account, IceTimeSW. Tell us you heard the show. Say, uh, I would like a DT shirt, playing cards, whatever it is, and, uh, and then direct message me, and we'll uh, we'll take it from there and make sure that you get some of this great material. Another shout-out to Derek Stevens and the folks here at the D Hotel, uh, D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino, for, for having us on board. We love having them as partners. We love being here so far. We're about half done with our, uh, our stay, and we absolutely have enjoyed every minute of it. If you haven't been here, you haven't been to Circa Sports, you haven't been to uh, Stadium Swim over at Circa, get here. It's just down the street from the Fremont. If Paul Hornstein can walk down there comfortably, anybody can do it. Well, and, and I also like the fact that we're in uh, Bar Canada and there's hockey games all over all these screens here. And there's pretty much every game that's still going on is on one of these screens. So I'm down with that. All right, Zach, take it away, my friend. Give us the read, and we'll say goodnight. I was little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. All right, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Roger Klein's Cantillon Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try original cocktail recipes. Voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford. The Arizona Ford Giant is the presenting partner of Sunday Special. Ask it to see our friend Kevin Wood telling Mice Time Hockey SW sent you to see the top selling line of Ford trucks and more. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. From Fremont Street, the experience to the iconic American Coney Island restaurant, we are more than just a great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. Verizon, the 5G and the 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IceTimeHockeySW.com. Slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Buy behind the mask and behindthemask.com where you can where we can provide for all your hockey needs or inline or on the ice. See the website or our three valley locations for more. 
Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. That's Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Call him at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. By M-Drive, Monday isn't just for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. It's also gym day. Go to mdriveformen.com. Use promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all your Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino as part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say goodnight. Here from uh, not only from uh, our man uh, Zach Bondurant in Chandler, Arizona, but for Paul Hornstein and myself, Scott Serenity, live here at Bar Canada in the beautiful D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Come see us. We got two more nights here. If you can't make it, by all means, tune in or download the uh, show. You can get it anytime. Uh, we appreciate you as a listener. And a uh, big shout out again to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for the, the excellent food and to uh, Derek Stevens and the folks here at the D the Circa, the Golden Gate, everything that is Derek Stevens in Las Vegas. We appreciate it. Uh, Good night, everybody. Good night.